Hi, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of The Treadcast, a podcast about success, their path to it, and their unique definition of it. My guest is Pierre-Luc Letourneau-Leblanc, who spent 13 years playing professional hockey and then made the successful transition to real estate. Here's our conversation. Pierre, bonjour, mon ami. Did I do okay? That <laughs> <laughs> was very good. How are you doing? Bro? Good, man. Thank you so much for uh, taking time out today. So with this podcast, it, it's about success. It's about everyone's path to it, their definition of it. And what I like to do is kind of start from where you are now and then kind of jump in the old time machine and work our way back, which got you to the now. Let everybody know what you're doing right now. What are you up to? I guess what people know me as of today is I'm a, a, a real estate agent or associate broker with Paul Banker. I'm in my fourth year. Um, I actually started my fifth year with the company. I have a couple of side gigs that I, you know, I buy investment properties with my family. I have a, two partners, my brother, sister, and my wife. Uh, we buy investment properties. I'm trying to uh, get my feet wet in the new construction and everything that has to do with real estate. Uh, I really am passionate by it. It's fun. I like it. I want to grow into it. So that's really what I do uh, today. Kind of spreading your wings. You really want to see all points of it because that's the great thing about real exactly. estate is that there's a lot of different nooks and crannies you can try and wade yourself into. Yeah, the sky's the limit. You meet somebody that introduces you to something and it's up to you to either push it or to just say, hey, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. And then you move on to the next thing. So, so now- Guy like me, I, I, I don't find backing out. I, like that's a, one of my characteristics. So if I somebody introduced me to something, I always try to find the bright side at the open door and then just go right through it. Till I make a mistake and I hate it or I love it. Right. So I've, been, I've been loving it so far. Well, something that you obviously love for a long, long time was uh, professional hockey. You had a, if I'm right, a 13-year career, right? That's about right. About 13 years. Uh, spent time with the Devils, Flames, Pittsburgh, and their affiliates as well. So when you were growing up, you know, as a young Pierre in... In, in Quebec. Now, first and foremost, I got to get this out of the way. So how long before, how old were you when, when your parents put a hockey stick in your crib? Was it six months, nine I months? Because I'm under the, <laughs> I I'm under I the, was born with skates on. Because <laughs> I'm under the belief that every home in Quebec, and this may be a little painting with a broad brush, but has to have a minimum of four hockey sticks. Is that true or false? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Listen, I was born, and, and I, I want to say by two or three, I was skating. I don't think I liked the game because I went to try to play, and I have a big brother that was a very good athlete, so I was trying to follow Jonathan and to, you know, playing with his buddies, and I couldn't follow up, and I, I hated hockey, I think, when I first wow. started, and so I backed out and I don't want to go back. My friends pulled me out. And the, the year after, when you know you grow up a little bit and you're more confident, I went right back at it. So I want to say I started for real when I was four and a half, maybe five years old. Wow. Jeez, I can't even remember what I, I think I was playing, maybe playing soccer, but I don't know. At, the, at that age, being able to be on skates and stuff, I've skated. But what did you know when you thought to yourself, this I could make a career out of this? I, I've got something here. What age were you, you think? I don't think I ever got to that point. Right? I think <laughs> I'm still, I, I, I don't think it ever happened. I, I was thrown into this really without me understanding what was going on. When I, when I realized I could make a career, I, probably was after I played my first game in the minors uh, as a pro I was 20 20 years old wow. that's when I realized oh wow okay I can do this yeah took yeah. me a while even in you know as a kid I played for fun there was never any pressure my parents were just like go play go play there's one year I tried to make the like the triple a team and uh, I didn't make it it was such a I was heartbroken 
It was very hard, and uh, that made me want to play for fun from then. So I played for fun until I was invited to play major junior, which is the equivalent of college hockey here in the States. And um, yeah, that, that even then, I mean, I was doing good in juniors, but I, I didn't think there was anything possible. And I got drafted, and I, then when I got drafted, I was like, oh, okay, they just want to be nice to me, right? <laughs> they, they, did, they did a favor to my friend who's my GM, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, I started playing pro, and I... I started beating some guys up in, in pro hockey. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm pretty good at this. You know, it took me a long time before I admitted to myself that I, I belong. So Pierre-Luc yeah. Letourneau LeBlanc, did I get that right? I want to make That's sure. That's perfect. Well, hey, <laughs> as a guy named Tread, dude, my life my life has been a butchering of names. So I always want to make sure I get that right. And hopefully my, my high school French teacher is listening somewhere and get and I put a smile on his face. He's the, he's my guest on the season uh, two, episode one of the Treadcast. So Pierre, with a, with a competitive sport like that, with, with hockey, and it's just there's always the, the things need to fall in the right places. You know, moments need to happen. Openings need to happen. What was it that kept you going? You know, when you got into the minors and, you know, you obviously it was probably kind of a whirlwind and you're on buses and you're traveling, and you're doing all this stuff. What kept you that driven saying, I, I want to come back next year. I want to keep playing. That's funny. I, I got to write them down. Uh, I got to write those answers down because um, <laughs> I, I, it's, it just hit me when you, when you, the way you asked it. Mm-hmm. I was scared to fail when I played hockey, right? For many reasons. Um, it's a big answer, but like, think about it. You're fighting on the ice with 10, 15,000 people. I was shit scared to fail because not only do I put leave my team down, my bosses, myself, you know, my friends, my family, everybody, I, you always feel like there's that constant pressure as a professional athlete that if you don't win every battle, every game, every day, you, uh, you're, you're failing, right? And the good thing about hockey and sports is that there's always a next thing. There's always a next game. Like you, you're, you're losing today while you're playing in two days. You have another opportunity to win. It's not always like that in real estate, as you know. Mm-hmm. You lose a deal, um, it could take three months to get another deal for that client, right? Right. So anyway, so that the scare to fail was the first one, and, and also the desire to please. The absolute opposite of failing. Like I really wanted to be part of the group. I wanted to be um, to belong. I wanted my coaches, my teammates, my family, my friends, and myself to be proud of myself, right? Mm-hmm. So those are two very opposite feelings, but they tie together so much, and that's that's what was driving me into hockey. You know, and the, the paycheck wasn't bad, you mm-hmm. know, so that, that kind of helped. <laughs> when, when your knuckles are bleeding and you have bruises everywhere <laughs> and, and uh, you're hurting and tired after traveling, you know, 5,000 miles in a weekend. Yeah, the, the paycheck was okay. <laughs> it smoothened it. Now, when did you make your NHL debut? And what was that like, the first time you stepped on the ice with the, the pinnacle of your sport? Yeah, and I was in a way, my first, my first preseason game, and it was a good good story because I, I grew up, I never grew up watching fighting, right? And obviously, that's what I did in hockey. I never thought I would become that guy. So watching, as a kid, I was, I liked the skilled players, the Pavel Bure, the, the Korea, the Wayne Gretzky's and all the Gila Fleur, like mm-hmm. those guys. So anyway, long story short, when I started fighting in juniors, I started looking at, you know, the French-Canadian tough guys. So, so George Lerac, Donald Brashear, and so on. So um, my first game, um, preseason game, was against the Rangers, and Donald Brashear was on the ice. Uh, active. <laughs> he was the sheriff. He was the, you know, 6'4", 255 kind of guy, and I'm, I'm nowhere near that. I'm 6'1", 220 at the time, right? So I'm, I'm still a big guy, but no, he, he's the man. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, he was, uh, he was driving, you know, trying to run the show in front of Marty Brodeur's cage. So... 
I got sent on the ice. Yeah, we had to. Uh, I had a little conversation. I speak <laughs> French to him. I said in French, uh, "Brash, what's going on? I'm gonna have uh, gonna have to go with you right now." And uh, <laughs> that was all in French. And he he replied in English, right? And he said, "Good luck." <laughs> I felt like I was fighting a robot. Literally, good luck in English. No respect for the French guy, right? He just put me in a spot where like, "Oh boy, I'm in trouble." So that was my first preseason game and I had my first real game like my first NHL game against Dallas that year there was no fighting that game so that was the, that was different I got an assist on my first game nice I got lucky I guess <laughs> but uh, that was my NHL debut that was great my family was there my friends came down I had a bunch of people there but I honestly don't remember much of that game it just went so fast right after 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 Brashear beat beat you up or <laughs> no, no I I think that was you know I I would say I it was a, it was a, a fair uh, it was a, it was an even fight I I left the fight with a nice scar in the back of my head Ooh. here but that was it. To, to, to dig a little bit deeper in the fighting, because I am, a, I think we discussed this before, I'm a pretty big hockey fan. Do you have a favorite fight? Is there one that, you, that you've always kind of put up on that on that mantle of fighting, going like, now that was a scrap? Well, yeah, well, look at the one with Cam Jensen, right? I, I want to say it was two minutes, 45 seconds. There was a full round of boxing. Nice. Unbelievable. <laughs> and I, I, whenever anybody asks me about a fight, it's the one, because it's, it's, Cam was, I don't want to say my mentor, but I, that's one thing. The way I learned is by watching the band and trying to copy what they do mm -hmm. and see if it works for me. And with fighting, Cam was even smaller than me, right? So he, he had that tech technique where he was holding everybody off and I started copying his, his technique and it worked really well for me too. So when he got traded, when he was traded to St. Louis and I took his spot after watching him in the Devils organization for three or four years and we played against each other, the fight was going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he had all those fans in New Jersey. I was the new guy who filled his shoes kind of thing. So I saw that fight coming, and I was so ready for it. I, I, I watched a guy fight for four years. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I watched every one of his fights to see if I could learn something from him every time. It, it, I felt like I, like I was I was fighting exactly the perfect fight, and so did he. Like he, he it was it was just nonstop, and it was two minutes forty five. <laughs> Usually, a normal hockey fight is what like 15, 20 seconds. Yeah, as soon as somebody falls, that's it. You know, so it's kind of like yeah, you know, drop the gloves, bad punch, bad punch, wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. Kind of like a bar fight, really. Not that I have any. You know, I don't know what that's. I've had no experience in that. Yeah, none, not none whatsoever. <laughs> so, it, was there anybody that was ever kind of on your? And I don't want to call it a hit list, but was there somebody that you always wanted to fight that you didn't? No, I, there, there was always. If there, if there was a guy I needed or wanted to fight, I would fight him. Okay. There are guys that, that I fought too many times that I, like Joel Reckless, man, tough. One of the toughest guy I've ever been with, uh, like fighting with. It's and it was every game. It would always come after me, and it was always a two-minute fight. It was unbelievable. The guy was—he played here in Albany, actually, okay. um, for the River Rats back then, for uh, Carolina's farm team. Tough guy, tough kid. Trevor Gilly, same thing. Another guy who played here, uh, very tough. Uh, there's always guys that every night was the toughest night of my life, mm -hmm. right in hockey. Like there was no in between. The days that I went in thinking it was going to be an easy fight. I got my ass kicked, you know? <laughs> right. So there was no easy night. And mm -hmm. That's one thing that I, I, I loved. I enjoyed about it. Like, I did not like the fighting. I did not like the anticipation. I call it the fight before the fight. Mm -hmm. It sucks. 
If, if I know that I'm fighting a big guy on the weekend, I don't sleep well, I don't eat well, I train too much because I want to be ready. Like, my body's all messed up, and then the fight happens, and it's over, and I'm like, oh, that was it? You know, I stress <laughs> yeah. for four days for nothing. So the fight before the fight is worse than the fight itself, always. Nice. Pierre-Luc Letourneau LeBlanc is my guest on the Treadcast. Pierre, when, and, and I, I've spoken with this with, with friends of mine as well, I, I have a friend that played baseball, hockey that I told you about in football. When was that moment where you said to yourself, I, I think I'm done? Uh, when I had, uh, my last year was tough. I, I, I played in Syracuse and we had a really good group, but it was not going right for me. And I was then traded to Toronto. So what happened, long story short, my wife was here in Albany pregnant. We have, uh, at the time, we had a two-year-old, a three-year-old Luke, and my daughter was born in January. But my wife was pregnant. She stayed in work. And then when I, when she was born, two weeks later, they traded me to Toronto. So we ended up going to Toronto, which is a pretty big city, right? So we're downtown Toronto on the 26th floor of a hotel. We have a three-year-old, a brand-new baby, and a dog. And um, when I go on the road, my wife is home with everybody. <laughs> so she has to take puppy out um, with the stroller, two kids. It was not pleasant for her. And then when we lived there, it was a small hotel room for three months. Like it, it was not it was not a good experience. The hockey itself was amazing. You're playing for Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you're up in the NHL and the minors, it was next to nothing I've, I've ever been part of. Like It was unbelievable. But the life itself, like the, the family life was not fun. So yeah. we ended up uh, calling it a day. I took my real estate license that at the end of the season, and that was it. Yeah. So why Albany in the end? Because <laughs> my wife is from here. Okay. That's, hey, that's... Straight answer. That's, that's, um, that's the, you know, hey... You know that's that's not a that's not a bad story. answer. I tell the story. So so when I played, I was in the minors, right? Or I was in the NHL the year before, and I was living the dream. Twenty four years old, single, on the road all the time. It was awesome. I was living the dream, and then I. The year after that, I was maybe three weeks, I got sent down to Albany. And so my friends from Montreal came down, went to a Pearl Street pub in Albany. Oh, yeah. To watch a Boston Yankees. Uh, yeah, it was Red Sox-Yankees game. And uh, sure enough, first girl I talked to was my wife. Wow. <laughs> so that was it. Wow. So I got screwed. I tell people, Lula Mario will send me down and screw me because I'm not stuck here. <laughs> Where could I have been? Um, Where? What would have happened? So. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect, this area, because my family's in Canada. So yep. three to six hours away north i love nature we love being outside saratoga area it's very it's very easy for us and my wife had a, has a good job with the state so she has the benefits and, and the health care and all that so everything that we needed was here and then real estate real estate was a it was, it's a good market here i don't know about anywhere else in the country but market's been crazy here so yeah it was it's a good been, place to be <laughs> it's been pretty good so why but in that follow-up with that question then why real estate well the goal was not, my idea was never to do resale, right? To be a broker for people. But as I said earlier, if somebody opens the door, I kick it and I try it my best. And then if I see if I love it. So I, I took my license because I wanted to be a landlord. I wanted to own properties. And that was my, my retirement plan after hockey was to do that. So I sat down with a few brokers here when I had my license because you have to be under a big broker yep. when you start right yep. and i sat down with a few different that i'm not i don't need to name but when i sat down with Paul banker first of all the, the the managers and the people i met were awesome and i wanted to learn from them right i, I can't drop names there sure Is this okay yeah so tim tim charbonneau sat down with me and i tell everybody that story because tim's a good friend of mine and he, he was my mentor still is when i sat down with other brokerage they were like we're gonna tell you 
how to work. We're going to tell you how to make money, right? Yep. We're going to, we're going to tell you how to do this and then this and that. And when I sat down with Tim and that's how he got me, it was uh, Pierre, I'll coach you, right? Mm -hmm. Coming from hockey, from being an athlete, I don't want to be told what to do. I've been told how to play my whole life. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be coach and that, that related to me. So that was it. And, and I'm glad I made that decision. But anyway, fast forward to my next meeting when I sat down with Ken Raymond, the, the owner, and I wanted to do commercial. My my focus when I retired, I thought I wanted to be in commercial real estate because it's all about numbers and, you know, it's this and that. So I didn't know anything about it other than I thought I wanted to do that. And Ken Raymond told me, Pierre, you got to do your good, good personality, your good people, you know, let me, let's try real estate with, um, you know, resale for, for residential first. And if, if you don't like it, we'll talk. And uh, like I said, I, I just, the door was open. I kicked it and it went really well. So I like it. I'm glad I made it happen. I glad I did that. After, after a few months of networking and talking, I can see there's other options I could have tried, mm -hmm. but I don't know that I would be happier. Yeah. Pierre-Luc Letourneau LeBlanc is the only real estate agent slash broker that I know that has 1,921 career penalty minutes is my guest <laughs> <laughs> on the Treadcast. And so now I got to ask, so, you know, you see guys out there like Chara, he's what, 75, running around on skates? Do you ever get that? Is is there ever that itch? Is there ever that, you know, because I, I know when, when, when my buddies first retired, there was always a, you know, they would get a phone call or something a year later, whatever, saying, hey, you know, there's yeah. this, there's that. You ever get that pull? I mean, you're not that old yet. I, every day, and, and Right now, the NHL guys are not going to the Olympics. Why would I not give it a shot? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would never make it. But no, I, I, I think about it all the time. I, I, it was the best. It was the dream, right? It was the dream career. There's yep. nothing better than that. You, yep. you, you play, you work out, you hang out. I, I, my brother's a firefighter. I compared the lifestyle of hockey to firefighters. Like, you're, you're, you're at the firehouse with the boys and the girls. Don't mm -hmm. want to be that guy. <laughs> you're hanging out with people. You work out, you eat well, you have a good time, you play cards, you watch TV, the game's on, you know, you have a fire, you go. Yep. So, and then you work as a team, you grind, and then you come home, you come back, you have stories to talk about. Like, it's such a different lifestyle that there's nothing like it. Yep. There really is nothing like it. So I, I was lucky to live the dream for 13 years. And so now if you if you tell me I love what I do, but if I, if I could go back and lose 40 pounds and get back on the ice and play. I would do it today. Yeah. Like, no questions asked. I would drop everything and go. Yeah. Would, um, how, how would you feel about your kids pursuing it? So if I did it, Oh, if my kids, if your hockey, kids, if your kids came to you and said, I want to play, I want, I mean, I want to, I oh, want to see if I can do this. Go for it. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a trip. It's a lot of work. And I know the, I don't want, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to raise my kids telling them, no, you can't do it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the sky's the limit so yeah, if they want to do it if they tell me they want to they want to play piano mm -hmm. i'll be pumped you know i don't know anything about piano but i'll be there <laughs> watching them every day right. <laughs> so that's how i am and of course i would love uh, if, if my if luke and cali tell me that or become good at hockey there's going to be a little part of me that's going to be a little proud i don't know if it's going to be the same i've never been through it but it's a day like soccer more than hockey. Like I, I don't know if I'm still gonna have that little something. I think I will. Mm -hmm. But no, hockey's in my veins, man. It's in your blood. It's yeah. it's what I did forever. So it's always gonna be special. If I can add that to to what you're saying about the the feelings you're gonna get, as especially with my kids, because my kids are older, it's still gonna be the same feeling. No matter what sport they do, you're still gonna get that juice. You're still gonna get that that right. that fired up kind of thing. Like when I used to watch my oldest play soccer, I used to have to stand by myself because I was always.
always that guy because I was always, <laughs> it's the old soccer player that came out of me where I'm like, what do you, you know? And so it was always like I had to stand by myself. Those creative juices, I don't think uh, stopped flowing. And I think it's definitely carried over, you know, to what you do now and in, in how you're building your business. And so, Pierre, the last question I ask all my guests, what is your definition of success? Everyone's definition is different, unique, and and personally there. So that's why I like to ask and just kind of kind of toss it at you. I guess success for me is achieving more than than your goals were when you first started something, right? First thing that comes to mind is money, right? Like how much money do you need to be happy or to provide for your family? Well, if I say a hundred thousand dollars and I make a hundred thousand dollars, like I, I would not be satisfied. That's not how I am personally. Mm-hmm. I would want to make one fifty, and then I would probably say, "Wait, I can make two hundred next year." Push the limits back. If it's if it's uh, how many places you want to hit, you know, on a trip, like a successful trip, is it is it you know, oh, I'm going to Florida, or is it going to Florida then Caribbean then this then that? Like to me, success is always searching for more and and keep it keep it on going. Mm-hmm. I guess not necessarily like I said, not only money but places people you, you you meet people you help and i guess that that's what i would be and i go back to the first thing i said like being scared to fail and, and the desire to please if you don't have those things for me i don't think i could be successful every time i have a deal i'm not scared to fail because i know what i'm doing but i i there's always a little side of me that says is, is this good enough yeah right mm-hmm. is yep. this good enough and yep. then are they happy like my desire to please like so to me that's when i when i hear the yes to those questions right that makes me feel like i i, I succeeded yeah. so it's a big question it is it, <laughs> and, it, and it is and, and that's and that's again why i like to just you know and let you kind of chew on a little bit and kind of because again everyone has the their own view of it from where they come from pierre luc letourneau right. leblanc hockey player turned realtor i i really appreciate the time pierre and uh sharing some thoughts and and some old stories and i know for a fact that you and i need to get together and watch some hockey because i think it'd be a lot of fun Tread here, man. I appreciate it. It's always good fun to go back and think about those stories. So thank you. Awesome. Thanks for being on, my friend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Treadcast. You can listen to this episode again or listen to past episodes by checking out The Treadcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.